Hi, and welcome back to the Dovecast. This is the second uh, part of what looks like it's going to be a three-part episode uh, discussion with uh, David Lawrence, a photographer. And in this segment, we're talking about uh, how to publish your book, you know, problems with that, uh, going every way to, uh, well, make art and how to make some money at it, which is always a big problem. And uh, we talk about other things, uh, rope and uh, some interesting uh, patterns and stuff that we've been working on and other other uh, rope nut things. Uh, just to do some quick uh, advertising, uh, both going to be, as well as like Lokai and quite a number of others, are gonna, all going to be at the uh, rope camp event that's coming up. Uh, that's in August. I'm going to have to do some more uh, pushing on that as time goes by because, well, you know, it's going to be a damn good event. And also, um, guess what? I'm an educator on uh, Kink Academy. Uh, I've got two, actually I think it's two or three actually videos up. I'm going to keep forgetting. Uh, And I'll be doing some more for them soon enough. Uh, The two, the one is on uh, uh, the basics of... uh, flogging how to flog hard and uh, the others are um, some rope tutorials Uh, go check them out I'm getting a lot of good feedback from people on those and uh, I think you'll really 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 enjoy them you know it's uh, always a fun thing to do kind of tutorials like that and Callie's people were just absolutely fantastic to shoot with and I cannot recommend enough just go to uh, Kink Academy look up uh, me up under I think it's uh, kink academy forward slash dov I think it is is the uh, is my webpage there or actually um, just go there and <laughs> under the pull down you'll find under instructors you know dov kind of hard to miss you know it's also uh, where well, you can find me on FetLife by the way is you look it up under dov yes you can have a three letter name there so anyway without further ado i'm going to toss this over to um, the conversation i uh, hope you enjoyed it uh I mean part two of me and david lawrence shooting the breeze taking a taking advantage of it is mm-hmm. the problem is is that i, I think to a great degree from an artist standpoint i mean from my standpoint i look at a lot of artists who's you go back to you know the the old artists and you know they did their art and if they were good salesmen they they had to do their art and then the investment was doing the artwork and then selling it right um people today have a tendency to well if they don't see the profit up front they don't do it and the pods are interesting because they get people to do the artwork you know they they do the book with the promise that well it's no cost to get it up front however they don't have a business model, so don't realize how many they actually really have to sell. You know, the other thing that they don't do is market it consistently. Which is part of the they don't realize Because they, they don't see the results. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then they give it up. Right. You know, for me, I'm going to have 800 books sitting at a friend's house because he can store them for me. And right. they can't, i got to get rid of them. You know, they got to get out into they the world sell. because I have two or three other books I want to do within the next two years. Right. And setting up an infrastructure to, to sell them is a big issue, and I too. Need, and I need the funding from the sale of this book to live and to do those projects. Sure. I mean, it would be the, it's the most dream life. Because as an artist in an alternative lifestyle, people aren't buying prints to put on their walls. I've sold, I think, three prints, or no, three, four, five prints since I've been shooting and creating this stuff. So I have you know five prints out there that are hanging in people's right. homes. 
But traditionally, people aren't buying women in rope for the wall. Right. So, but they will buy a book. Yes. And so that's where, if I could become that photographer that even opens up the room for other photographers mm -hmm. to see that they can actually make a living if they do it this way. Sure. You know, like Jurgen from Secret Magazine said to me, you're, you're the only photographer I know ever to take on this kind of project, mm -hmm. to do this, to be the publisher and distribution person on a thousand books. He said it's huge. I mean, he, sure. he didn't think I could do it. He was like, good luck. You yeah. know? But well, it is a whole, and it's the issue of are you a businessman? I mean, I, I look back at like uh, to the uh, Impressionist uh, era, you know, and uh, it was interesting because there's one painter, I unfortunately don't remember his name, who was sort of like the patron to a lot of the painters at that time. He had his own little salon, people would come and visit, and he was successful because, right. as well as a good artist, he was a good salesman. But then he had, you know, oh, it's his on, and you had all the other artists who who sucked at being salesmen, right? Yes. You know, so they're coming. Hey, dude, can I have a handout? And but it's being a good businessman. Uh, do you remember Olivia back in the was it the seventies, uh, eighties? Yeah, the Playboy. Yeah, the Playboy. Yeah. The, the, the she did the airbrush girls yep. and everything. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting about it, she wasn't such a great business person, but her husband, oh my God, I mean, he did the postcards and, you know, everything clicked, and you know, they made lots and lots of money off of it yeah. because had a good salesman. You know, you you uh, and a good a good business model to try and make money out right. of it. Yeah, it's true. And uh, rebound is also primarily black and white because okay. for me, black and white is more of the artistic expression of an image. You know, you could anyone could shoot color. I mean, in this day and age, the digital world, anyone can shoot That's color true. and correct it and true. make it look you know okay. Even even horrible images can be made to look okay, given Photoshop and the other programs sure. available. I actually found that, that that's a hilarious thing, because I remember at one point it was like, you know, anyone can shoot black and white, because shooting color was a bitch in it. Right, and now black and white, to do black and white well in the yeah. digital world, you actually have to have some knowledge yeah. and of how to make it work, not only starting with a quality image, mm -hmm. but then being able to process that image, maintaining quality, mm -hmm. not, lose, not degrading right. it, and come up with something spectacular, right. and I believe my black and whites are that way. Right. Well, plus, plus also the what black and white looks like on screen versus what it prints out. And since most stuff is being done for screen, if you end up going to print, uh, to print, it doesn't really look as good. And, right. And, and I actually do it for print it. as opposed to for screen. So right. I, I work the, I work it <laughs> exactly. old, more. Oh, I'm so much more old school in me. Yeah. So I use the tools that I've had growing up as a photographer from the '70s, mm -hmm. and. I use those in today's world, so I add technology to what I've known in my background sure. and foundation, which the new breed photographers have no idea. Um, and well, I do that too. I share knowledge. Sure. I believe it's important, and the, well, my I'm responsibility. Up here, I'm up here actually. It was, we, were, we were going over lighting because I'm my right. background. I'm a, I worked in film for years, and my background is in hot lights, not in flat and and uh, strobe lights. Right. So for me, strobe lights, while I can use them. You know, I always need a little bit more work with them than, you know, where I just throw up a highlight. Okay, we got this. Here's lighting, we're done. Yeah, I'm um, going to take all the mystery out of it for you because yeah. regardless of what type of light, mm -hmm. it is all the same. Yeah. Which, light is light. What's funny is uh, the Clover, when Clover was in New York, mm -hmm. um, uh, we started the first um, the first annual uh, uh, New York Photographers Munch. Uh, ah, you didn't invite me. I'm from New York. You're in New York, in Philly. Yes, but I'm a New Yorker, right, well, born, we'll, raised, and that's where my Fed heart Life. is. I'll send you the link for it on Fed Life. So <laughs> Good. The, the whole thing was is that we haven't had another one since. We have to actually have another one. I want to be there. Clover was in, and she was like going from photographer to photographer. So she and her friend were there, and I did... Um, oh, Asteria? What? Asteria. Yeah, her, yeah, yeah, sir. And I, I, I walk in, 
and uh, and Othello, Nate was there. And yes. Nate, Nate. He and I just spoke. We just you know spoke, and we're gonna okay. get together. Really nice guy. Nate, Nate is awesome. Love he's, what he does too. He is hilarious though. He's you know he's like do be do. He's like he's all over me. And we're, his we, lighting is good. Oh yeah, his lighting is really yeah. good. Well, the kicker to this was we we're um, uh, I walk in. And Nate pulls me and says, "I've been telling her how fucked up you are. It's awesome. I got." And he's like, "Now I've, I, it's like I'm coming to the front. I didn't bring. I brought my camera, but I didn't bring any equipment because, like, right. I figure we're gonna hang out where we shoot the breeze. I'm not expecting a shoot. And I walk in, and Clover's telling me what what uh, JC did. Oh, we were in this park. It was raining. He had me stand upside down on yes. the bus and shoved an umbrella in my cunt. And right. and I'm like going, "Oh my god!" And I've got a camera. I have no rope. I'm like, does anyone have anything? Right. Because they're, they're running off um, uh, with emo crushes. It was going into the back to shoots in the bathroom. So I ended up, um, actually you can find these, if everyone wants to look, these are the uh, Clover photos I have up on uh, my FetLife. Um, uh, I asked, anyone got anywhere? And everyone starts hand, I guess, everyone have belts. So I pull my belt off, I've got belts, everyone's giving me belts. So we always, I saw those images and I liked them a lot. Those were, well, those are totally gonzo. We get her inside the bathroom. This is the same bathroom. I'm trying to get distance to shoot. The only light flash I've got is the pop-up flash on my Nikon. So I pull out, um, I'm trying to figure out, I need a light modifier. So I'm going through my pocket. I pull out a business card. So I'm using the business card to as a bounce flash off of it and a way to cut it. It was totally, I got the people like, wow, how did you get that great light? And there's this mirror and the light's bouncing off the mirror and it's got drawings on it. So, so you're getting this kind of tiger light on her and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, desperation, desperation, standing on the toilet seat and a, and a business card. Right. Like, they're like, wow, I never thought of that. I'm like, neither did yeah. I. Yeah, they I, came out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But know. next time I have to do something really evil to her because, like, you know, the challenge is there, and I got to get an umbrella or an elephant. I'm well, not next sure time, yeah, you know, I, I Clover and I talk from time to time, and uh, we stay in touch. She and Dave, yeah. uh, Wicked Dave, are going to be coming here at some point oh, this awesome. year. So be great. I will. Yeah, I'm sure you'll know when, and uh, sure. we're going to have a phenomenal time <laughs> together. But I'm also going. They're bringing me over to Ireland. Yeah, you were telling me. Yeah, tell, talk about this. Yeah, this is actually, so uh, uh, they have cool. uh, Twisted Leprechaun is the first event in event. Ireland. Um, the little test, Twisted Leprechaun. Yes, the Twisted Leprechaun. And so uh, Slave Judy and myself are being brought over. Uh, along with several other U.S. presenters, yeah, I saw. Uh, for was it September 9th to 11th, right? And it's going to be phenomenal. It'll be yeah, fun. I, I hear there's actually event. a very nice uh, scene going on in uh, Ireland. They've got a lot of lots of kinky Irish people, you know. Yes, you know, probably yes. beer helps. I'm not sure which, but uh, <laughs> I have a friend actually who who moved over there. Uh, she went with uh, she had a boyfriend. They broke up, but she's got somebody over there, and she's like always. You know, when she, I was talking to her about, it, she was like. They're nice people. They really got. Yeah. They've well, got a. Anyone, they got an interest. Anyone that listens to this, that's in Europe, or yeah. people that just want to come from the states to go there for this event, not only is the area, it's I think it's about an hour or so outside of Dublin, mm -hmm. the countryside is magnificent. Oh yeah, I mean just oh, that'd go, be great for shoes. Yeah, I mean, the castles. I'm, I'm looking oh, forward God. to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a great. Uh, are you? I, are, I, you are you gonna I, bring, bring the book? Oh, I'll bring the book. Okay, so he'll have copies of the book. Buy the book. Yeah, well, I, actually, before all the events that I do go to, sure. I'm going to be putting these pre-sale things out. That Because okay. I'll, I'll bring only 20 books in addition to mm -hmm. whoever pre-purchased. Awesome. So that's how I'm going to work. This way, i got to know that I'm selling books before <laughs> I bring them all. Absolutely. It's just, you know, it's a big book. I mean, this book is, I think, probably about eight pounds. 
and you're shipping this how? <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to cost money to ship this book. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's something like six, seven pounds. This book. Actually, you ought to ship your equipment and put the books in the carry-on. <laughs> I know. Right? In the actually not the carry the um, the uh, luggage. Ship, the yeah. luggage. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's a big book. It's a big book. It's and, a uh, big. It's a big book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so far, what this year, I'm uh, I will be going to ShibariCon okay. again this year. I'm going to be in Houston in February. I'll miss you guys. Uh, Jake uh, has you know invited me down with the people that put together Heat. Okay. Uh, down in uh, Houston, so they have this uh, space now where everyone oh hot in that Texas Heat, area hot. get to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in. Was it August? I will be at the Rope Camp. Yeah, I'll be there too. Rope then Camp. September- just, just as a, a plug, come to Rope Camp. You yeah. will love it. Oh, Rope uh, Camp's going to be amazing. Yeah. I've, it'll be the first time I'm going to with the Ramblewood. Uh, oh, you haven't been to any of the camps? I haven't been to any of the camps oh, yet. Oh, so you're going to... I, I used to do a lot of the um, like Leather Retreat and Camp Crucible and stuff like that. Right. And, and when Leather Retreat and Camp Crucible were the same thing, you know, and you know, that whole... Um, Camps are the most amazing experiences you will ever have. Well, I'm and, looking forward to it. Yeah, because it's, it's like if you go to an event, like a DO event or, or a BR event, you know, you have that, you've gone for the weekend, and but you're still in that, it's a hotel. So there's that sense of while you can let go, you still have to kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're still in the real world. And right. the thing about the camp is you once you cross the threshold, once you, you go there, it is you can do anything you want, anytime you want. There is, you know, the only thing you have to worry about is dressing uh, with underwear on when you go to the food area because, you know, right. there's law there. But outside of that, uh, you know, and you can do it anytime you want. You can hang people from trees. You can, well, I mean, you know, suspend them, not hang them, you know, nothing bad there. Right. Uh, you know, the I pool knew what running. you were talking about. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's that whole thing, letting people know that we're not saying bad things. and. Uh, you can run around naked, you can run around clothes, you can do fetish. I mean, the thing I used to love about going to any of the, the you know, leather tree camps or the, the crucible camps was, uh, you know, you'd wake up in the morning, there's, you know, little stations of, of equipment would be all throughout the camp and somebody would be playing down by, you know, like a few feet away, you know, a few hundred feet and you'd watch while you're, you know, having your cup of coffee on the uh, right. veranda. Yeah, no, it's, it's all, just, it's, it's just very it's luxurious awesome. and stuff. So it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm it's it's being put it. on this by the same people who put, who put on uh, Beltane. Yes. So, yes. um, they're, they're very, very, really good people and it's going to be an absolutely, absolutely awesome event. Yep. Tickets are on sale. Please do come on down. Yeah. So, so I'm putting in that little plug because we have to, you know, as a presenter, we have to, you know, sell these things. And that's why I'm saying these Yeah, things. I know. And I'm just, I'm just I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing it so that they don't right. notice that I'm doing this. So I'm, <laughs> in July, yeah. I'm going to be a vendor at TESS. Okay. Uh, because they, they, you know, they didn't, have me be a presenter for I whatever reason. I, have, I sent in a, an application. I haven't heard back uh, from either. Yeah, so. I, you know, so that's I know that they're closed for presenters, so I won't be there for that. Oh, really? But, okay. Then I guess uh, I'm not going to. LC yeah. from Misfit Studios. Yeah. Probably JC with Stark Arts and myself will vend there together. Okay. Then uh, Floating Worlds of Possibility. I haven't heard back from them yet. So right. hopefully they will. Yeah, I'm in negotiation um, with Floating Worlds. It's a great. Moment, so it's a great event. There. I yeah. think they're fabulous. Uh, in uh, October, I'm doing DomCon in Atlanta. Okay, you were telling me about that. They, one. Yeah, they are just just this week. They sure. uh, confirmed with uh, Mr. Cyan that uh, I'll be one of the featured presenters. Oh, awesome, there. awesome, awesome. And then after that, the only other thing I have definitely on the books will be Winter Solstice again. 
All right, yeah. You know, it's an uh, annual event that I love doing because it's all local mm -hmm. people, people I know and yeah. friends, and it's terrific. Yeah. And once Rebound's here, I need a lot more events to go to. Sure. So, folks, bring me to your events. I want to be there. Bring my book and talk and show you sure. things. And my presentation style now is moving more to a lot of extreme things uh -oh. with rope. Uh, well, I, I put, I've always been an advocate for never putting rope around someone's neck. All right. It just, to me, has always seemed very crazy. But I did it in, um, what was it, in November for mm -hmm. the first time with uh, Lady Leyland. And the images, it's actually the last shoot mm -hmm. or series in Rebound sure. is from that shoot. Spectacular stuff. You got to get the book to have this. Sure. Um, amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, predicament bondage. Uh, so anything I do with neck is safe. There's never actually any danger involved. Right. So neck is something you still got to be real careful of. Uh, but you, know, it's like you have to, let's say, it's, it's, there's danger, but you have to know what you're doing. It's not yeah, some, oh, if, if you've never, if you've never done uh, any kind of Hojo style stuff or any kind of uh, predicament bondage revolving neck, don't do it. Right. Um, there's some very specific areas there you got to be careful about, but it, it's, it's, uh, what is that called? A carotid artery? Well, you've got the, yeah, the arteries, yeah, the carotid arteries on the, uh, but that's on the sides. And yes. usually when you're doing uh, any kind of uh, rope around the neck, you're doing it low on the neck. Hey, humorously enough, the no, mine was high. Well, uh, mine was mine was high, and yet I had protection to it. Okay, so yeah. all right, then then there's a there's a there are ways to do these things. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so I I yeah. will I will say that anyone who wants to put a rope around the neck, talk to Dove. <laughs> no, do not talk to me. I will. <laughs> Thank you. No. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I'm I'm going a little more extreme, but also I'm I'm playing around. A lot with more freestyle work, mm -hmm. uh, and it seems that a lot of people are doing that. Even yourself, you're doing a more freestyle, quick time kind of well, stuff. Well, I, 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 for me, I mean, I've gotten more to the quick time type stuff, uh, uh, speed tying. Uh, but it's also um, yeah, mine's not speed per se, but it's taking the well, wrapping, 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 right. and add. You know, so a lot of times I like wraps, but mm -hmm. I'll then add other things off the wraps sure. that. Add another dimension, right? Well, for me, it's it's more in terms of uh, I, I'm very fa I'm big fanatic of Japanese rope, and what I'm doing is actually going back towards grabbing certain elements from it, right? And uh, simplifying. Right. And, oh, I got. Oh, I, sure, sure, sure. I just remember, sorry, I've, I've got this one. Cool. Matthew and I have been talking from Van in Boston. Okay. I believe September, I'll be going to Van in Boston. Oh, okay. I'll be there again. So, so I'm awesome. very excited That'll about be a lot that. Of fun. Yeah, um, I love Boston. Oh, well, Boston actually just to, to go there for a second. Uh, Bound Boston is one of the best uh, getting into rope beginning kind of events. Oh, it is. I was there last year. It's fabulous. It's, yeah, uh, uh, the uh, people rope rider, are great too. Yes. Well, Rope Rider did. He, he he was very smart about it. He figured out. He went after a specific uh, demographic. What I am doing here. And mm -hmm. I think it's a large problem that a lot a lot of events do, where they try to appeal to too many people. So you never really appeal to the thing you need, and you know, as much as we do, he does, you know, there are some advanced, a few advanced classes, it's getting your game down. Uh, matter of fact, what's funny is I actually got my, um, uh, which class is it? My, uh, uh, oh yeah, my um, Riffing with Rope class together. I had had the class for a long time. And because here I am working with a lot of new people, I sort of came up with a new concept for it. And the idea is to get yourself out of the way. Right. Just tie. And it's a great class in that it's it's a series of timed um, a timed uh, exercises. exercises, which are entirely random. It's it's sort of Dove plays uh, 
uh, Simon Says? Uh, no, uh, Spinner. Uh, spinner, okay. Yeah, Spinner on you. You, you know, the, you have to put your left hand, right, right, right sub, you know. And it just breaks people's brain. And it's really fun because it, it's not so much about uh, what you know or just say what, what you need to learn. It's about you already know a lot of stuff if you're already at this point. Right. And taking what you know and actually using it rather than trying to figure out something else while you're doing it. Yeah. You know, get your muscle memory down and stuff. That's cool. Um, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of people laughing. But that, in a lot of ways, came out of his his event. And it's just, you know, it's got great people. Like I said, the Boston people are fantastic. Well, interesting, Boston. Last year, I, I the first time I taught my freestyle class was mm-hmm. at Bound in Boston. Sure. And I had mixed reviews with okay. it because... Oh, you'll always get those. It was a huge class. I mean, there were 60 people mm-hmm. in that class. Yeah, you, and, were, you were the featured. You were in the... Uh, yeah, and, I, and yeah. it was really too large mm-hmm. to give everyone personal attention. Yeah. I tried, but everyone was tying, which right. was always great because I believe in <clears throat> hands-on work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was a mixed review class and I've given it several times since, mm-hmm. but to, you know, maybe 20 people, yeah. 25 people. And what I've learned is that instead of doing any kind of demo... I do a two-second, two-minute demo piece, and then have everyone do that. Sure. And then I do the next piece, and and it's become so much more interactive, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. Anyone that takes any of my classes expect to actually do stuff, right? You know, and then learn, and we interact, and we actually we learn from each other. Absolutely. And because even the person who's never tied, their questions and mm-hmm. their inquiries help me to further understand Absolutely. what people need to yeah. know and learn. See, I, lo- I love feedback from events, and it's yeah. what's always fascinating about them is you either get really awesome feedback, or you go, "What the hell was this person doing in my class?" I mean, right. uh, we had uh, we actually had one issue, uh, one of the early bound of awesomes, where um, I did a pre- predicament bondage class, and the two girls who wanted to volunteer uh, volunteered at the class. They seemed to be fans of mine. They were nice people, and they one agree one wanted certain things but had a limitation. Uh, the other one didn't, you know decided to, well, I don't want this, I don't want that while we're doing it. But part of the class was, how do you work with things? And somebody wrote a whole thing. Uh, their critique wasn't so much about what I was doing wrong, but about what made them uncomfortable. Right. And because we're beginners and this is an advanced, and, 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 and it was it was a, it was a very, it wasn't a great uh, critique. It was very uh, critical in terms of how it made them feel. It was, it was like that PC thing where the professor uses a sex comment about something. Uh, there was actually a fun case with this where uh, a professor of law used a, a sexual analogy to um, uh, to illustrate uh, a point in law. And as he says, he, he did it because, you know, students have sex on their mind and, you know, People remember it. You know, it's a way of remembering it. Uh, you know, that it really explains a lot about myself. What? Because I'm a student always. Of sex. Uh, no, of, <laughs> of, of just life. Okay. And But the next thing on my mind is sex. Okay, so well, I now I understand now okay. why that well, is for me. Well, Thank you. Well, in, in this case, <laughs> the problem was that a, a student in the class felt that he was coming on to her, even right. though what he was doing was just using it as an analogy. Right. And this became a whole PC thing. And it wasn't about did he actually, you know, do anything wrong, but did she over-assume what he was actually doing? And this is essentially what was happening in this, where the person was listening to what I was doing, seeing what I was doing, and was being made uncomfortable because, you know, young girl, this whole thing, obviously this is a bad thing, and therefore Dove is a bad, you know, this is a, is a bad instructor. Right. No. Oh, yeah, and the other thing was that, you know, we should only do it with pre-prepped 
um, uh, subjects. Subjects. And my problem with that is I, I like working with, as much as I like working with people I know, for a lot of stuff I do, I like working with uh, subjects who don't know what's coming. Well, you, they're, yeah, they're, you they're get authentic reactions well, and spontaneity. Well, I mean, it's yeah, amazing. You get that, but also you get the aspect of how do you work with people. So if I have, oh, if, yeah, I, yeah. If, I, if I bring somebody in, like I, I, play, I, I play with Tin, uh, just ten. I've, uh, she's a great bottom. She's a great. Uh, she's a really good model. She's one of my favorites, and I hardly see her these days. She's so she's, busy. She's, she, she's, she's a, she is a woman of her, of her own world, and yes. she's a really, but she's, a, she's an awesome person. Love her, love her to death. And if I did everything with her, we, we already have a rapport. We already have so people are going to see it, and it's the Dove and Ten show, right? Which right. means they're not learning anything. I mean, yeah, they're getting some great masturbation fantasy out of it, but they're not learning anything from it because I'm going through the methodology. If I suddenly have a oh shit, I have to deal with this, then they're going to learn something, right? Uh, it's like I did a, uh, a class, and the subject had a problem. They they passed out in the rope. Oh my god, Dove's talking about a fuck up. Yeah, um, and but it's not a great thing to be able to talk about. Well, I'm, I have no problems with problems because... They happen it's ha- all the time. They happen all the time. And I think that a lot of problems we have in the scene in teaching... Well, it's like last night, right. too. When we, when we During the shoot I had last night with which, Nitro. Which, yeah, which, where which, we put her up. Oh, right, right. The breathing. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. The breathing. Thing, well, yeah. The whole breathing Well, thing. I mean, that wasn't so much... That wasn't so much an oops because we... We knew what would happen. When it was happening, she was also talking about <laughs> it and we just released her. It was fine. Right. But in this case, this was a... I put the person in the air and it was... I'm not, and they're, you know, out, I mean, literally dropped. Right. Now, this was a predicament bondage class. I had done a uh, chest harness on them, lifted them up, uh, so they're on tiptoe. And what it turned out was the person was a chest breather, not a diaphragm breather. And uh, the problem was, was that the moment I locked her chest. Can't breathe anymore. She can't breathe anymore. <clears throat> okay, she's gotten up, but here's the funny thing. When somebody gets knocked unconscious, what happens? Your automatics take over. Your autonom- uh, autonomic uh, nervous, uh, system. nervous system takes over. And she started breathing. So she was fine. You know, she's breathing fine. I'm over there, uh, you know, um, and she's hanging. My issue now became how do I get her down safely and without an issue? So the class went from being the predicament bondage class to when there's an accident, how do you handle it? Right. And I called somebody up from the audience who was a bigger guy. And the problem is I, the way I, I do my suspensions and partial suspensions, I build in a pulley system. Right. So all I had to do was lower her down, but I didn't want her head to hit the pole she was near. Right. So I got this guy over and said, could you just hold her? Now, his interpretation of this was, get her up in the air! Now, the problem with this is, once she was up in the air... Your pulley system didn't work! Right. Well, now that it's all tangled up, I'm like, right. um, no, just let her hang. There, just just make sure she doesn't bang her head. Cool. Right. Lowered her down. Uh, once the you know once she was down, I could slowly start untying her. Now, once, once she was down, all the pressure went off, because all the pressure uh, that was being caused... Was from being pu- the the harness pulling being pulled up. Right. Once right. the pressure's gone, now she's already breathing normally, so it's not even an issue. She's just asleep. Get her down. Start untying her, and she starts coming out of it. Um, I actually got a compliment from uh, one of the uh, the attendees, who's uh, I think she was EMT, a doctor EMT, and what she liked about it was the fact that since I wasn't rushing due to an emergency, oh my god, it's an emergency, I didn't cause an emergency by. Um, Trying to solve her having passed no, out. No, you did what was necessary. Get to her down, her down safely. Assess what was up. going on and everything. Right. But, well, this is not something I'm looking for in every, you know, I'm not looking for a, oh my fucking God, you know, an emergency. But it was that element of how do you handle a change? The the two girls, when I did the predicament bondage class, 
Um, one had a uh, an issue with um, single tail whips. Not don't you know couldn't use a whipbox, so I couldn't use it as a predicament, and I couldn't have it near her, so I couldn't use it on the other girl. The other girl had an issue where she just suddenly decided she didn't want anything going between her legs. All right, there goes a whole section of predicament right. bondage. Okay, so now I have to work out what they want. So there were little issues, and you know it worked out in the end, and I actually ended up with a. Uh, another volunteer tossed them because we had extra time, but it's how do you work with it? And yep. I, I, I think that a large part of a, of my problem with a lot of people when they come to classes is they tend to they're looking for the show, you know they're looking for oh da 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 da, da and you're going to do the whole show for for them, and then they're magically going to learn. And if things don't go right. They're disturbed by it, they're angered by it because, well, you didn't get to see the show and they didn't really learn from the 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 save. How did you fix it? And, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it, when, I, when I start, I would say most of my classes, mm -hmm. and again, I ad-lib. Yeah. I'm spontaneous in my teaching method. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one thing I do, I, I in with the introductions, I actually, in a small enough class, I really find out who everyone yeah. is and their background, their knowledge, yeah. et cetera. Small, small classes are fantastic. But I also tell everyone, Come sit. I want you within two or three feet of me. Yeah. No chairs. Get rid of them. Just get up close. Mm -hmm. And we're able to then work much more intimately. Sure. And you know, so to me, my favorite class size is under 20. Because mm -hmm. I can control an under 20 yeah. class with personal interaction so easily. Yeah. And when you get to a large class, it's impossible. I mean, you can't you, even go around. You can't. I mean, yeah. you know, I feel bad Especially for Mark, for Mark uh, from DB8 House when he comes to Shabarikon. <laughs> His classes have, you know, 75, 80 people in Yeah, them. and he's doing that that uh, slanted thing that he's been teaching, and it's all yeah. the freaking guys. I still yeah. haven't figured that out. I, it was funny. When I was doing it, uh, I got dyslexic, and I reversed the second layer, the diagonals. So he's no, standing that's there, the part I don't get. I could do the top. Oh, the diagonals? The middle and the bottom. I admit the I can't figure out the where diagonals? that comes from. The diagonal... It, the, the one that come, comes down this way. Yeah. Well, yeah. the diagonals come out of how you start off from the back. But with what I did was I missed a spot, flipped it, and then did it in reverse. So then he's trying to figure out what I did. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. We reversed it. And it's like, it's the same thing, but in the other direction. Right. He's actually, he's gotten much better with it. It was I remember the first year he did it, he I just was, went, well, this is what we did. And he just, boom, a, boom, 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 boom. That was in 2009. Uh, 09, right. First year. He did it, and it was it was like nobody got it, because it, unless you took him aside afterwards, because he was teaching it, but he wasn't able to break it down. Right. The, the last year when he did it, when Zamil was there, he did an incredibly good job with it. I mean, he really took it through step by step. The only thing I noticed he, he hadn't broken it down further is there's the little finger locks where the um, you do the little flip of the rope to in lock it up. No, on the front. Oh, well, oh, everywhere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As the rope crosses doing that well, thing. Well, I teach that when I do my freestyle <laughs> class. It's okay. how to do that and to know which direction to go to. Well, he, well, the thing was, he, that was the only thing he hadn't done that year. He was, he was doing it, it was like you're watching him work. And, I mean, remember one of the things that when you're doing it, I always say when I do my classes, um, listen to me, but listen to my hands. Because my muscle memory is doing things that I think I know I'm doing. But I don't actually know because I just, you know, my hand just does You're just it. used to it. Yeah, it's yeah. like when I, when I teach my breast binders class, sure. you bring the ropes to, you know, under the arm mm -hmm. to the front to prevent the rope from coming up. Right. And there's something I do in the back with just a finger thing. And I have to, I have people standing right next to me yeah. to see it because it's, it's, it's You're not simple. even where you're doing it. You're yeah. not even where you're doing it. It's just the simplest boom, little thing. Sure. But it's, you know, you bring the rope back. Mm -hmm. It goes straight up, right? Yeah. And then I take my index finger, put it under the rope, mm -hmm. and I just flip it. 
Yeah. And then this way, when I bring the rope back across, it's locked already. Absolutely. Yeah. And explaining it is one thing. Mm -hmm. Showing it is another. Sure. But people have to see it. Right. And, and the thing is, you have to you, you have to stop, think about what you're actually doing to break it down to actually show something. Exactly. And that was the one thing he hadn't done for that. I mean, it was like, I loved the class. It was great. I learned more from it. I mean, it was like, I'm like okay, I actually now understand this tie. But he just, that was, it was watching him go, okay, here's how I've broken this down. Here I've broken this down. And then a miracle occurred. And, right. <laughs> and he needed to break that one little thing down to actually make what he was doing the crosses make more sense because that was actually where everyone was fumbling was well, which where, do, where does this little twist go you know yeah. lookout was proctoring the class because lookout knows the tie and he's going to do this do that do this do that and it was yeah. just really well funny. before you leave today i'm going to show you because i have printouts okay. of several people that including mark that have done that tie mm -hmm. and i'm still working on breaking it down so you and i will both. hi and that's the second part of the long, long interview with David Lawrence. Uh, I hope you like it. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing. And yeah, we talked about a lot of interesting things there with uh, teaching and uh, accents can happen. Um, well, sorry, I'm not going to be at uh, ShibariCon this year because I was really hoping to get down that tie from, uh, from uh, Mark TV8. Uh, which is a really excellent tie, and he's a really good teacher of it. Um, you know, it's it, it's interesting from the standpoint of a, a rope teacher or somebody who's teaching something. When you're watching somebody else, you know, who is either equal or better than you are in regards to things. And, you know, there, there's a uh, commonality to um, watching them teach something. You know, my being critical of somebody like a loci or a lookout or something is, you know, it's a collegiate kind of, yeah, well, if you've done this, that, there, and it's not in any way um, nasty or anything, you know. Um, and it's, it's, you know, just it's just what it is. Um, we're all basically treading a road, going in a certain direction, whatever that may be, and it's our own personal directions and learning and it's also in how we teach. Everybody's very, very different in how we teach the rope, how we teach um, whips and other kinks that we do. Uh, I'm very, very uh, energy oriented when it comes to uh, certain types of things like whips, like rope, etc. Uh, uh, it was like joking, I was called recently the meadow woo. <laughs> which kind of does sum it up, actually. I, I've never thought of myself as a woo person, but uh, the way in which I do play with um, energy, moving people around and stuff, uh, throwing uh, energy through a whip when I'm throwing it, and I'm dealing with it from the physics standpoint. Uh, I used to annoy some people. It's uh, one of the first uh, first couple of Sparkons where I'd run around going, a, a, it's all about energy, you know, the energy going down the rope. Uh, a point is a line, a line is a point. It's the same thing depending on how you look at it. Uh, a rope, when you look at it, is a line of energy. It's potential energy. If you cut the rope, you release the potential energy, and, well, the person drops. You don't really want to do that. But it's that element of lifting the uh, potential energy up uh, into the air and manipulating it, you know, moving the, the mass around and such. So I kind of like that. I think I'm going to get a, a t-shirt that says Meadowoo. 
and let people figure that one out. It'll go well with the uh, proximity equals consent shirt. And, and the one dove has no soul. That's, although I think I need that as a larger one. It's a little too uh, deceptive, actually. It was given to me as a gift from a number of friends. And uh, the, the uh, wording, lettering is very small in the upper back. My hair hides it. It's kind of almost like the 666 number. You, know, you have to find it somewhere on Damien's scalp. And there it is. So anyway, uh, I have a flight in the morning, so I have to get going. This is a kind of a quickie. Let me get this out. And um, when I come back, I'll, I've got a few more people, a number of more people I want to interview this this uh, month if I can get my hands on them. And also uh, finish up the, uh, the last part of the David Lawrence interview. If you uh, have any thoughts on it, any anything you want to uh, say to me about it, just you know, please feel free to contact me. Uh, the email address is dov at washi-nawashi.com. Dove at washinawashi.com. The dash is very important. If you're actually at my site or if you're looking at the podcast on uh, iTunes, you can definitely, definitely uh, kind of figure out what the email address is or just use the contact uh, button on my uh, website under contacts. So, uh, you know, hey, have a very good weekend, uh, if not a very good month, and uh, I'll talk to you all very soon. Have a good day.